You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject that I have coming up for you is a real good one. It's Phil Campbell. Of course, he was the guitarist in Motorhead. He played in the band alongside Lemmy for, I think it was about 30 years after it was all said and done, possibly more, but he is an extremely underrated contributor, not just to Motorhead, but to rock and heavy metal, and on that note... He has a plethora of guests joining him on his brand new solo album. It's his first one. It's called Appropriately, Old Lines Still Raw. It'll be released in October on the 25th. I think that's a worldwide release. So on that note, let's hear what the great man has to say. Here we go. Hey, oh, it's actually, it's Andrew calling Phil. How are you going? Hi, Andrew. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> All good, mate. I've been looking forward to this chat. So, uh, yeah, maybe David, whoever that might be, maybe you just have to wait 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. No worries. All uh, right, man. Yeah, I'm good, man. It's actually good to talk to you again. I, I don't expect you to remember these things given the volume of people you must meet in your travels, but we had a conversation a couple of years ago and we dived deep into two other subjects outside of the music, which was Galleon Kruger and Welsh Rugby Union. It was a fine conversation. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> must, must have been a while ago to the Galleon Kruger then. Oh, it was, yeah. I, yeah, me being a bassist, I played Galleon Kruger, and I knew that you were one of the few guitar endorsees from back in the 80s and 90s, and we had a really good conversation, yeah, yeah. you know, about the amps. Yeah, they make fine amps, yeah, they're great, yeah. Yeah, just uh, re- refresh, my, refresh my memory, do you still have some of them, or have they all been, uh, have they? Yeah, all... yeah, yeah, I got, yeah, I got, I got most of them, yeah, I got the stacks. Did you use any of yeah, them? Yeah. yeah. Did you use any of them on this excellent new album? I don't think I did. No, no. I used the I used Marshalls and a and a Bogner. Oh yeah, and Bogner's Ubershall, pretty tasty. Oh, they're pretty great. Simple amps. and tasty. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but okay, look- we got about ten or fifteen minutes, Andrew, because I got some chocolate block today. No worries. As usual. All right. Well. Uh, okay, my friend. So, mate. Old lines still raw, yes they do indeed. Okay, so this is as fine a selection of rock and roll that has plenty of dirt and grit to rumble with the airborns and the darknesses of this world. And but it, overall, mate, it has a stamp on it that could only be credited to you. So I read somewhere just before we got onto the phone that I understand this album has been something like twenty years in the making. So let me ask you this question: Do you think you achieved everything you wanted to with it? Um. Yeah, def- yeah, definitely. I, I wouldn't say 20 years in the making. In 20 years, I've had the, the yearning to, to do a solo album. And, like, it was from, I don't know, seriously, like, since Motorhead sadly finished, I've had more time hmm. to think about, you know, and to knuckle down and everything. Uh, and I probably started the first recording of it just to get the stats right about two and a half, three years ago. Hmm. But um, yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted to make an album that, well, I branched out a little bit. You know, I've had some of the ideas on a tour of them for like ten or twelve years, and some not so long, and some are brand new. I just didn't want to do an album like sounding like like Motorhead. Yeah. You know, I, I've, mm-hmm. I've done twenty twenty odd albums like that, as you can appreciate. So um, yeah, and uh, I can believe like the. The incredible players that spent some time on the record for me, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm luckiest guy in the world in that in that respect, you know, mm-hmm. mega talent all the way through it. Like, 
helping me out when I needed help. So um, I got no complaints whatsoever, you know. Hmm. Yeah, I, look, it's a killer album. I, I'll be completely frank, and I hope you don't mind me saying it's, it's it's a lot stronger than what I thought it was going to be. Not that I didn't think you were capable of delivering an album like this, man, but it's really good. Okay, so I'll dive a bit deeper on that point. Oh, because, because I, but I think you know, I think a lot of people have got a, a perception about you. But the thing is, you are a very well-rounded musician. And my favourite cut on the album is actually the first one, "Rocking Chair." Uh, it really surprised me, man, that that was the first cut, but in a really nice way because I, I got I was cutting up my prawns and scallops that I was having for dinner. I had that playing in the background, and it was just such a great accompaniment to it. But then, you know, you put down the acoustic guitar and you. You, you take off again with some excellent cuts, Left for Dead and, and Faith in Fire, and I'll round out the point in saying that I actually think the strongest cuts are with the lesser-known lights that you've brought into the band. So I know you've got Alice and some of these other rock and roll all-time gates in there, but, man, Leon Stanford, Nev MacDonald and Ben Ward, man, they've really acquitted themselves on this album. Yeah, everyone did a fantastic job. I mean, uh, I, I was pretty... I think I was just really did really well on on putting people having ideas of who would be great for a certain song and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, on Left for Dead, I got Mark King from Level Forty Two on bass, for instance. Oh my god! Really? He, he's one of the most virtuoso bass players in the world. But I knew I knew he would play for the track, not for himself. Like when I asked him to do Left for Dead, and he sent something back, and it just you know, I've got the mixes and everything of just the bass lines and it's just little bits of class. Well, it's all class-like, but it's just little bits coming through and all these people like that uh, I tried to put in with a certain songs and I had ideas for out of the blue would sound good. They all they all did amazingly well because they, they, they went for the, the, the good of the song. song yeah. So many players these days just play for themselves, like... And, got fuck all to do with this song hmm. they just want to show off but these these people did amazingly well like because they're all they're all superb you know so I'm, I'm really pleased in that way i thought i did really good no you, you have yeah and i'm quite i'm quite chuffed to myself and in, in that respect like, you yeah know? no it's been congratulations again it's a killer album man and i i'm a bass player as i've mentioned and and mark king is easily one of my favorite all-time bass players and I could hear the bass. I could hear it in that song, and that's why I mentioned it was one of my favourites. I was going to ask you about some of the musicians. So, mate, Mark King, though, I mean, he's man, he's just a, a giant. He's, he's a monster. He's a monster of bass, isn't he? Yeah, incredible. Lovely guy as well, yeah. Mm. So I'm lucky enough to have a track of him, just the bass track and drums. Oh. <laughs> You'd like to hear that. Mate, it, it'd be divine. <laughs> it'd be divine. <laughs> I, I hope you can you can find it in your heart to post it on YouTube or something like that somewhere down the line because it's oh, going to be I unreal. Don't know, but, <laughs> I don't know. One day I have to check with Marky for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but, it, but he, he's just, it's just class, just it's class. Like, you know, all these people, you know, it was amazing what they did, really. Yeah. You know. So, no, I agree, man. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's um, and, and did you have a, so when you were, say, crafting Left for Dead, you know, I assume you were at home in the studio there, you're sort of hammering out the bits and pieces. Did you think Mark King will be perfect for this bass line and Ned McDonald will be perfect for, for singing it? Is that how it evolved? Yeah, kind of for that track. Yeah, I, I, I spent a few days in my kitchen right now. I, I've got a little setup in the kitchen area a bit. And, 
Yeah, and I just thought I'd yeah I checked. I've checked with Nev. I, I I've heard a lot of rumours that Nev he's from very close to where I live. But I've heard of him for a long, long time, Nev, and hmm. he's supposed to be like a fantastic singer. So I, I checked him out on YouTube, and and, and I loved his voice. And I so he came down to the studio and. Uh, we had a few run-throughs for before we recorded mm. on a different day or whatever, and uh, I just said, "Yeah, just think like Paul Rogers and stuff." And uh, mm. he he came in with a he came in with a mel with a melody one day, and then he came down another day with a slightly different. And I said, "No, I want to keep the original melody you did. I think it was perfect, like mm. you know." And um, I think with Mark King, he's under no illusions that I wanted anything flashy. You know, the professional that he is. He just, yeah. you know, he just played for the track, as I said. So uh, there's a great art in actually playing for the good of the song. Mm. You probably know yourself, obviously. Yeah, I do. And it's, it's it, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's really impressive, man, because... A lot of these albums, mate, to be quite frank, end up sounding like Dog's Breakfast when you've got all of these collaborators and other people coming in. And I won't name anybody else, but you know what I'm talking about, don't you? There's a heap yeah, of albums. Especially if you're a bass, if you're a bass player as well, you, you can ruin a song if a bass isn't hasn't got his shit together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, it, and it if doesn't. You, a good song could be ruined. Yeah, you know that's the, that's the the foundation for the. The track and it gives it a groove, like you know. And uh, if, if that's all up, gone to pot, hmm. you know, a bloody good song could, you know, just be passed by, like. So it's all, it's all important. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree, mate. And and uh, I'll just ask one more question about the other singers. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's obviously there's Rob Rob Halford, Alice Cooper, Dee Snider, but the other cut that I really like uh, features Benji. Uh, from Dub War. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, how did, do you, are you? Is he from Wales or is he from England originally? I know he's from your yeah, part he's of. Yeah, from he's from Newport. Yeah, he's from about fifteen miles from where I live. He's with us. He has a bank called Skindred now. He's had for many years. Oh, that's right. He does after too. Dub War, I think I I don't know if Dub War still do gigs with him. Hmm. I'm not sure, but uh, I don't think anyone's heard Benji sing like that before. I don't think either he had either, but he came down the studio and uh, I think he was surprised and then I think he was re really pleased how it turned out. He's got a remarkable voice. It's fantastic. His, yeah. His tone changes in the same note. He, his, his actual tone, not the note can change, the tone in, mm. in on the same note changes, like like Glenn Hughes sort of thing. And uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like Glenn Hughes, you're bang on point with that one there, yeah. Because I hadn't heard him sing like this either, and as, as you can tell, I'm a Dub War fan. So I when I I had to check, it was him to be honest. I had to check out if I got. I mean, listening to Whitfield Crane or am I listening to Benji? But it's Benji, man. It's uh, yeah, you, <laughs> you <laughs> and Whitfield. I spoke to Whitfield only a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, he's a good bloke too, actually. So was that is that you? Obviously, been yeah, mates yeah. with him for a long time because of his association with with Motorhead. Yeah, yeah, I think the first time was when Ugly Kid Joe had a big hit and uh, they came on tour with us in the US for so about 20 odd, over 20 years, it must be. Mm. I think, yeah. yeah, which feels good. He's a great guy. Mm. Hey, I'll just touch on something else. I hope you don't mind me. Uh, I mean, you know, I know you probably get 
asked a lot of these questions about Lemmy and Motorhead all the time, but mate, you've been, my point is here is that you've been really busy since Lemmy joined the great gig in the sky. So credit to you for that. But my own feelings about you as a guitarist, you know that I'm a musician, but I, I think people focus a lot on Lemmy with the band and they don't give you a lot of the credit and, and Mickey D to be honest with you, a lesser extent, you've been in the band a lot. You'd been in the band a lot longer than Mickey though, but they don't give you the credit that you deserve as, as a creatively rich and diverse musician. So I think, yes, Motorhead are an epoch-defining band, but you being an outstanding musician, you're a contributor to rock and heavy metal in your own right. So my question for you is, do you still get some of those fans that might turn up to gigs that think that they're going to hear Ace of Spades and some Motorhead classics as, a, as opposed to your own material, which is very strong? Well, we still, I still enjoy, we still play Ace of Spades and... Uh one or two Modred songs, you know, mm. but, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy playing them and, and stuff. They, they go down well, at, you know, but, um, I play lots of uh, our own stuff as well, you know, and, um, yeah, some people, they don't even bother to read the writing credits of the Modred yeah. stuff. Yes, exactly. You know, they don't, they just, they, they just think, uh, oh, Lemmy's thing, that, that, that kind of pisses me off, like, mm. But uh, a lot, of, a lot of people seem think that way. A lot of people don't, so they split. But uh, I, a few times I've said to people, like, read the, read the writing credits, mate. Mm. You know, you can only take, you can only take so much. Sometimes depends what mood you, you get in. <laughs> yeah, you well, know, I, I, but I, I know what we, I know what, what all the other band members have contributed. Like, you know, and uh, it, was, it was a proper band effort, like. Yeah, agreed. It was a proper. It is a proper band effort. I mean, your your contribution will stand the test of time. There's no doubt about that. You're the perfect uh, guy there, stage right. I think it is. I'm being a right and saying stage right to Lemmy there, mate. And yourself and Wurzel is the other fella too that I don't think gets enough credit. God bless him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all we all worked hard with that band. Everyone who's ever in that band, like you know, worked their asses mm. off. Mm. Mate, I'll, I'll make this my final question. I can't not ask it. Wales are playing Australia this weekend, mate. So, what's your tip? <laughs> Fun. Why, the Wales are playing Australia in the Rugby World Cup this weekend. So, who are you tipping? Oh, it's got to be Wales, I'm there. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll see. Uh, easy. <laughs> well, easy. you're Six Nations champions. We'll see how we go. I think the people are underestimating All what right. it is, but we'll see, mate. <laughs> All right, mate. Good okay, on you. It's been a great talking to you, man. Okay, Andrew. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you liked the record anyway. I do, mate, a lot. Uh, cheers, man. That's great. Thanks, mate. Okay, no I'll speak to you another time. Absolutely. Thanks, bro. Bye-bye. Gotcha. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name, it's Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was the one and only Phil Campbell, the guitarist formerly in Motorhead, who's making his own way these days as a solo artist. So thank you so much for listening.